You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! PXN listeners, get ready to strap up your laces because we're going to run through a lot of live service speculation. And welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 193. I am one of your hosts, the perennial dating app swiper, back from quote unquote Cali, Christian Macias. And I'm joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan and PXN founder, Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM. Up. Oh. Missed you. That makes one person. All right. Well, oh. oh. And the president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club. He is the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire at Roro. It's a leap of faith, Miles. That's all it is. Leap of faith. Nah, I'm going to do my own thing. (laughs) I missed you. Missed you too, sir. Thank you. That's right. That's what's up. That's what's up. And one half (laughs) of the Men in Gitch podcast, Battlefield's bad boy, the Tarakov Teletubby himself, Gage Dempster. Don't tell the rest of the lads, but I missed you the most. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't (laughs) didn't hear that. Nice. Nice. Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN. Also find us live simultaneously at twitch.tv slash podcast PXN. Whatever your preferences, watch us there. The topic of the show this week is Sony and their live service off to a stumbling start. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Our first quick bite is, guys, I brought you back some souvenirs from California. You ready? Ooh. Which, one, which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want the purple one. I want the purple one. <laughs> this is pink. Is this it? Is pink, yeah. I want the pink one. Okay. I'll take yellow. I like yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and you got green. You I like green. I won't need them, apparently. So. <laughs> oh my God. This guy goes raw. All right. Our real first, uh, <laughs> speaking of raw, our real first quick bite. Uh, Gollum, the Lords of the Ring, sorry, the Lord of Ring game is now the worst reviewed game of 2023 so far. Uh, with a Metacritic uh, at the time of posting this article on VGC, 38, which is pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. We were kind of expecting this to not be super hot. As Danny would say, this is no bueno. No bueno. Obviously, I don't think any of us have have played it, but it's definitely made the rounds on Twitter and on YouTube and all the reviewers who have reviewed it. Not us, not in a positive light. Looks pretty, pretty uh, rushed. Yeah. It's gone up one point to a thirty-nine. Just FYI. Ooh. So if you if you want moving it, on up, <laughs> moving on up. Oh my precious! It's probably it's probably going to be the worst reviewed game though. You think this year? I don't think anything's going to be thrown at. <laughs> That's pretty hey, a low score. <laughs> hey, Starfield is coming in. No, I'm just kidding. You're oh, so oh my I'm god! Kidding. You would have fucking I'm set kidding. me off, bro. Oh. <laughs> uh, I love to joke. Don't we? Don't I? <laughs> Uh, some Nintendo news, Super Mario Advanced 1, 2, and 3, Yoshi's Island, for uh, Game Boy Advance, are now up on Switch Online, so if you have NSO, actually, I think it's not NSO, I think it's uh, just Switch Online, so if you want to buy them, you can. No, here, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, GBA Games available for Expansion Pack tier subscribers, so yeah, you can get those on NSO, download them, grab them, Yoshi's Island, great game. 
Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Uh, for those of you who are into glitches, uh, there was a big Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom uh, duplication glitch going around where I think you would fly up in the air, drop an item, but it stayed in your inventory. So people were uh, duplicating a lot of items. Well, Nintendo has come in with a patch uh, that fixes it. So if you have updated your Tears of the Kingdom, you can no longer do the duplication glitch. Yes. I never got a chance to do it. I don't think I would have done it, but a lot of people are using it to duplicate rupees. They could be super rich. You can do that with rupees too? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> or at least items that you could sell for rupees and just become super rich. And uh, yeah, that's that, that. I might have done that, but for like other stuff, probably not. However, I did see today that there's a new method that people oh, have no. found. So they fixed <laughs> so this one, but there's can't another stop method. Them. Yeah. <laughs> can't stop capitalism, dude. Enough. Enough. Speaking of <laughs> capitalism. Uh, Forza Motorsport fans, here we go. Turn 10 reveals Forza Motorsport's cover cars. We're excited to confirm in a tweet they said, uh, your Forza Motorsport cover cars meet the stunning 2023 number one Cadillac Racing V-Series R and 2024 Chevrolet Corvette E-Ray. Tune in to the Xbox Games Showcase on June 11th for an up-close look at these cars. Swag. Oh, yeah. Pretty neat. These games are always really pretty. Just like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> since, since you also said the Xbox event, just throwing this in there as well. Tell the me. The Xbox Twitter account is yes. teasing. Yeah, teasing with some uh, All right. some sprinkles Sparkles. of dust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that Fable is probably going to show up. Oh, time. very cool. Yeah. And that was the uh, Forza devs that were uh, working on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Playground. It's Playground. No. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Exciting. It's very exciting because there is rumor. There is a there is a whole debacle like a year, a year ago, a year and a half ago saying that the game was in trouble and then. That it might have been delayed, and then I remember shortly after it didn't get as much attention, but somebody reputable like dismissed it. And was like, no, it's actually chugging along pretty fine. So we might be close to getting this game in our hands, which is exciting. If they're teasing it, showing there, we might actually see gameplay. Very excited. We last saw it 2019, 2020, something like that. I think 2019, I think, for the announcement trailer, if I remember correctly. Four uh, years is like that's well, enough time for them to like get some serious headway on working on it. So it might be pretty close to. Well, well, I'm not gonna say close to launch, but close enough to like show it off i think we i think we can see gameplay i think it's reasonable to expect that we might see gameplay and phil was on stage in 2018 when they acquired playground games and that's when they officially announced that playground was working on another game which it was already rumored to be fable at that time so true yeah we're looking at a healthy amount of dev time assuming there's no setbacks yeah sure looking at you uh what's the other game just pick just pick a random publisher and say it. It'll, Perfect it'll work. dark. Oh. <laughs> Got some more Nintendo news. Nintendo has blocked the Steam version of GameCube and Wii emulator Dolphin uh, from releasing. Basically because Dolphin emulator had uh, the Wii's encryption keys inside of Dolphin's source code. So can't do that. Uh, they they got to go back and fix that. Make sure it doesn't, <laughs> have, <laughs> it doesn't have, that. have that in the source code. Uh, Dolphin's cool, though. Yeah. Dang it, Nintendo. Dang it. It's understandable. understandable. They, they have, yeah. Re- yeah, they have reason to, <laughs> yeah. to go after this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hopefully they get it fixed because Dolphin is cool. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Lads, are you ready to immortalize yourself on the statue of Lilith in Diablo 4? Well, if you are, you can do so by reaching level 100 on hardcore mode and then tweeting Diablo 4 hardcore with proof to have your username immortalized on the statue of Lilith. Uh, it's only the first 1,000 people, so get to grinding. Holy. Are you going to do this, Dan and Gage? I know you guys are Diablo people. Uh, oh, Gage will not be answering that question. <laughs> Gage was so upset about that question that he dropped out. Uh, I There's no way in hell I'm going to have enough time to get to 100 on hardcore before a thousand other people do it. I guarantee you there's going to be Just a quit. lot. Yeah. Quit your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> quit my job and quit playing literally anything else. Yeah. But this is cool. That is cool. I think Gage is frozen again. No, he's I'm not. His eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not pulling frozen. his racks. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's whatever. It's a bunch of a bunch of dorks are gonna get there really quick and then Oh my god. <laughs> well I'm I'm not gonna do it. It doesn't affect me at all. It Gage. is neat. It's a neat idea, though. I like it. Is it? A, but we don't know if it's a real statue or if it's like an in-game statue. If it's a real, it's statue, definitely in-game. It's definitely in-game. Yes. Yeah. Is Gage. It? Gage is the man that plays a, a game for five matches and then plays another game for five matches and then goes back and then. It's called diversity. Of <laughs> I, know, I know. Stonks. Yeah. It's that's fair. Diversifying Stonks. your portfolio. I wouldn't expect you to understand. Anyway, that's some tragic news. For only me. The worst thing that could ever happen to Silent Hill has happened, apart from Bloober making Silent Hill 2. Um, Gizmodo? No, not Gizmodo. What, what, what does that studio make? Silent Hill Ascension. Uh, we got a trailer for this. Genvid. Uh, Genvid put out a trailer for this game, and it looks completely reductive, in my opinion, of like a super massive game. One of those like Until Dawn games. Does not feel like anything Silent Hill at all. Uh, and shortly after, there had to be a reset era, uh, like thread on explanations as to how things are working because it's pretty confusing. In fact, it still got confusing for some people. Uh, basically, the CEO of Ginvid had to come out and be like, this is how it's going to work. Uh, it's going to be a streaming title. It's not a game. It streams every day for a week as a weekly episode. <laughs> Um, where players can use what the like basically like Twitch channel points, you get these points for watching and engaging, and you can use those points to uh, have decisions happen inside of the game. There are three possible outcomes for character fates. Uh, I think one is redemption, the other is damnation, uh, and the third is is something else. Death, probably. Um, yeah, and then this will go on for a couple of months, and whatever ending happens is is canon. Um, so you're playing along, or sorry, watching along for for months, and then whatever you and all the other hundreds of thousands of people watching uh, will decide the fates of these people. Still kind of weird, kind of to wrap our head around. Uh, the main concern is whether or not this is Silent Hill enough for a Silent Hill series. Uh, however, they did. This team did, however. Uh, consult a lot of people um uh specifically on trauma to try and like hone that aspect of silent hill and we'll see how it pans out hmm. interesting 
I, I think the idea sounds cool. I don't know, like you were saying, for Silent Hill fans, as I am not one of them, I could see this being kind of like a weird departure from what the series is known for and being a little trepidatious about that. But I think the idea is like, sounds kind of cool, like the streaming thing, everybody making decisions. They've done this before with, like you said, with the super massive games and uh, being able to interact with chat. And those have uh, like varying results, <laughs> I guess. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I still don't understand how canonicity works. Like, right. here's a, there will be daily streams for a few months as this is live, but with daily recaps and weekly episodes edited from what happens that week and other methods to catch up as no one is expected to be able to tune into everything. I don't understand how, like, if it's a weekly episode, how we're doing it daily. I, I well, I seem like there's the one live one and the ones after the, the, like, previously on like edited version i guess like the one that is live the first day the days that are after that one are just like the choices have already been made and you're just re-watching it i guess i don't know I... that would suck to miss one then and yeah. not be able to to partake in but those like fates. yeah i don't understand how you could choose and make choices daily and they would all be different exactly yeah. exactly we'll Weird. see this drops later this year. Uh, moving on, some Sony news. After a leak, pretty much like the same day or the next day, it's confirmed that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is coming to P to PC in July. To which someone in this in this document wrote, "Why wasn't this at the PlayStation Showcase?" Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who's the Good. person no owning up to it? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, Gage. Gage. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? What did I do? <laughs> Gage is playing a game. He, he was not paying attention. I'm not playing a game. I'm dying. I'm to my, gra my graphics card, which is almost certainly dying, by the way. <laughs> now, now reading multiple websites. That's so that's fun. Right. You wrote, did you uh, write this thing about Rift Apart? I did write this thing about Rift Apart because it explained to me the logic. It could have been, yeah. it could have been a 30 second. Here, I'll. Could have, could have used that over the uh, not fort. So what's the Gran Turismo trailer? But you know, I'll I'll give you two words. Why this wasn't here? You ready? Is it a name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. That's that's awesome, dude. <laughs> Looking for Jim Ryan. <laughs> nice. Right, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Uh, yeah. Fans of little toy cars, Hot Wheels Unleashed two. Turbocharge announced ahead of October release. Oh, should we uh, say the actual news bit? Did we say what happened or no? I think we got carried away. No, we said it. Well, yeah, we said oh, it. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Christian got it. My yeah. bad. Keep doing you. We'll see how this goes. Uh, the first one was free on Plus, and I quite enjoyed it, but only for like max five races. After that's like, uh, I've had my fill for a couple of weeks. Never played this one. But it, I, I always thought it looked cool, like from the first, uh, like the the first one, like it seemed unique. But uh, yeah, I don't know if this is for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which one's on? Is this an expansion to the second one? There's one on Game Pass right now that I downloaded. I can't. Is this? No, this is this. This has the number two on it. Well, it also says Turbocharge, so I don't know if Turbocharge is what we're seeing or if it's un Unleashed Two Turbocharge, which I guess is the answer. Is it Hot Wheels Unleash? Two turbochargers, you know, like two turbochargers are being, <laughs> and it's still the first game, you know. God you know damn it, bro! <laughs> it's meaning the you both. Right, I'll take you out, fine. 
but they wrote two. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Christian. Let's yeah, for real. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, our last bit of quick bite. So this is I, I'm gonna I lump this in here instead of the news, Adam, because it's like, come on, we really have more to say than this. Uh, I like to give less time to Bobby Kotick. Uh, on the same day uh, of a big article from Variety profiling Bobby Kotick, which failed in a lot of regards, uh, even ha- asking follow-up questions, various like specifics on the company in, re- in relation to like the accusations, the hundreds of them that are going against them. Uh, on the same day, this, this all happened in Variety, another article came out from uh, Axios in which, here we go, Activision Blizzard's investigation confirmed 29 incidents of harassment, discrimination, or retaliation by employees last year. There was an uptick of them last year. Workers were terminated for discriminatory language, unwanted advances, non-consensual touching, among other things. Uh, Insane. Even last year. Still still not a, a problem that's being fixed over there. Still happening. Like you said, Christian, I don't know what else we could we could say that hasn't already been said, but I don't know. It's just it's uh it's upsetting. <laughs> Still upsetting, even though we've covered it so many so many times. But yeah, F Bob- Bobby Kotick. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, sir. We've said it a million times, but yeah. Fuck Bobby. <laughs> Kotick. <laughs> yeah, not just not not the other not, not all like, he's, a, he's a good guy. Yeah. 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 Bobby Hill? <laughs> not Bobby Lee, Bobby Kotick. Bobby Lee. That's immediately what I thought it would be. I said, fuck Bobby. It made me chuckle, but... My God. Damn it, Bobby. There's a lot of good Bobbies out there, but this is not one of them. (laughs) Definitely not. No, I was just just reminded of uh, when he... When Blizzard started to do their own investigations into their own dis- their own ac- accusations, and in the oh my god, the Variety article reminded me of that where Bobby was like, "There was nothing wrong, nothing happened here." It's like, okay, <laughs> you're the mm. one we were accusing of the things. You can't say that. We investigated oh ourselves and found no wrongdoing. Yeah. Swag, dude. Cool. What a silly guy. We believe you. We don't. Let's move into uh, our street meet. Ran over some tasty little treats for us to speculate on. Uh, the first is some totally true and not at all, not at all fake rumors. Sony is acquiring CD Projekt Red, or sorry, CD Projekt. Whoa! To which they had to come out and be like, "No, that is not true." <laughs> Although, I mean, who knows? They they could be just saying that, but it's most likely they are not being acquired. Let's keep it a buck. They're not. And that Sony has a new sho- showcase. Like, all right, let's let's relax. We just got just, this. Just one. Got, yeah. Wait a second. We we know it's we know this one sucked, but come on, let's <laughs> let's give it some time before we start with this rumor mill again. You know what I mean? My God, I I am excited for the next one, but let's uh, take a little breath here. Yeah, let's get through the rest of SGF first before we start speculating on the next new showcase. Yeah. Last, last treat me here. Fortnite folks, Optimus Prime may be coming to Fortnite. We'll see. We'll see. There's a there's a first look at Chapter Four, Season Three key art, supposedly coming from Guile underscore Gag. Seems like it might be might be real. I don't know. Is there anything that can't come to Fortnite <laughs> at this point? I guess not. Yeah. Anything's on the table now, which is cool, dude. Yes. It's a matter of time before like we get like K-pop stuff in there. God. 
We must have already. There's no yeah, way we have. You're right. There's you're no right. Way. You're right. Yeah, there's absolutely was, zero chance. Yeah. I think BTS. Well, this music is at least BTS is definitely in there. Official collabs beyond right. just songs or rip off of like dances. Yeah. I can't wait until I get like Tony Soprano, Soprano in there or something. Tony Soprano. <laughs> they start doing like these really obscure like they just they just gotta start partnering with everyone. What is the wildest thing you would want in Fortnite? I'm still voting for like Larry David. <laughs> Wow, that'd be so cool. That'd be wild. Um, that would be awesome. That'd be amazing. That would be great. Apparently, there's actually there's two K-pop items in Fortnite, both emotes, dynamite and another one. I don't. Yes, know yeah, that's you true. That, you nailed it on the head. I can't think of anything. I don't. If they haven't already done it, I would love like uh, an Avatar: The Last Airbender. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. I want an I want a real avatar. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Pandora! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're onto something there, though, with the uh, last Airbender stuff. Like, I immediately thought about the Jedi powers, where you can yes. force stuff rocks. Like, that's basically almost earthbending. Exactly. Just work on the other stuff. Exactly. We're there. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Yeah. Okay. Mosey on over into news of the week. We got three news items here for you. The first, we've talked a little bit about Netflix games and kind of uh, maybe being a little bit doubtful about whether or not they could pull it off. It seems like there's actually a high caliber team being assembled over there. Raf Grissetti today tweeted, I'm happy to announce that I've joined Netflix to develop a new original IP AAA game. Uh, I think this is the same one that... Uh, Joseph Staten, Staten, Joseph Staten, yeah, Staten uh, uh, joined. So Grissetti will be joining. Uh, Benji Sales tweeted, uh, "Here we go." Grissetti, who recently left PlayStation slash Santa Monica as art director on the God of War franchise, announces he has joined Staten, previously from Xbox Halo, making the game. So the project is seemingly going to be pretty big. <laughs> who else are they going to poach? And is this exciting? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's cool that they, that they, I don't know. There've been a lot of games where you, you see the big names and then the game comes out and it's not, uh, doesn't really hit. Uh, I think this is a, a good sign that they're taking it seriously, I guess. Like at least they're recruiting some pretty talented people to work on this. But like the CGI trailers that we see at these game game mm. uh, showcases, I feel kind of similarly with the names now, where it's like I need to see the game first. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool that Raf is is joining the team, but I would like to see what the game is first before I get excited. But uh, I mean, it's it's not a bad thing, you know. <laughs> it, it's gonna be many years before we even see anything from this. Oh too. yeah, like the fact they're just starting to build the team, so. Yeah, like who knows if Netflix even, you know, doesn't close them before the game even releases, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm not mad. I wonder what it is, though. What mm. kind of game? I do, yeah. I think that's what, that's what has me most curious is what kind of AAA game. It is multi-platform. It will probably be streaming to some capacity because it is, it is Netflix, so... Yeah, I'm very curious to see what they end up doing. But Dan's right. It's, it's going to be almost at hundreds of years. That's not true. <laughs> it's going to be years before before we even yeah, get glimpses of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
it's Good luck, Netflix. Weird. What's another word for thing? Weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Thingamabob. I'm making a Stranger hey. Things joke. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Second news item here. Uh, I put this in because we talked about this as a topic of the show not too long ago. Uh, apology JPEGs plague the industry. This was uh, tweeted as a quote tweet in response to Lord of the Rings Gollum, in which Gollum, the game, came out, uh, was not received well. And in their JPEG apology image that they wrote, like basically like, apologizing to gamers on not being the, the quality product they wanted to deliver, among which they had a severe typo of their own game called With the Lord of Ring Gollum. Uh, this person tweeted and was like, look at this, look at the state of, of gaming right now. And in this is another game from this year, Redfall. Uh, later in this week, we got an, one of these things from Naughty Dog. Uh, and then not even including this image was another game from something I actually hadn't even heard of, but was like a, uh, another game that like came out that week. Uh, and so like the state of of not all modern games, but a big chunk of them um, seems pretty bad at a glance when you look at it like this. But what I found what I found kind of interesting was somebody quote tweeting this Gollum thing and saying, like, think about how this kind of perpetuates the notion of of gamer entitlement they called it like this is the only kind of industry where people are, are, are like developers are having to apologize right like and they they were kind of uh saying that sometimes it's okay for just things to just be bad you know like when you go to a restaurant you know the chef doesn't come out and apologize if your your food was kind of whatever uh you know you go watch a movie and be like man that kind of sucked the directors didn't come out and and apologize to you after the theater right and so they were kind of saying like does this kind of I'm trying to phrase it in a different way? Mm-hmm. I can't help but think about when people are going after developers. When Dan talks about like people attacking developers online, is it these kinds of images that kind of leads us to that line of thinking? Where like, hey, we are supposed to receive things good all the time, and if not, you owe us. Is that how we should operate? Found that kind of interesting to to at least think about. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. I I was just gonna say I think that there's definitely a middle ground there. Like, I sure. Think, yeah, I think that gamers definitely perpetuate things sometimes and don't necessarily stand back and say, okay, there's real people that worked on this and worked hard on it. Like sometimes, like things just don't work out. Uh, and. Also, I think, you know, there is an opposite extreme to that where you have corporate greed and publishers that want to push things out that, you know, you have a right to be upset about that. And, you know, uh, it's just a matter of where you're directing that anger towards or that uh, frustration towards, I guess. Um, But, yeah, I I think there's absolutely a good conversation on both sides. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, to the, to the, the point that 
that guy was making, I forgot, where if we are entitled to these responses or not, as opposed to like movies and other stuff like that. Uh, I I guess we're not entitled to them. Um, I, I think it's good that they do go out of their way to be a little bit more transparent with us. But it is true that we are paying a little bit more than a trip to the restaurant, trip to the oh, movies sure. and stuff like that. Like we're also buying a piece of hardware to play these games in the first place as well. So I think there's a little bit more that goes into it, but I I do hear that point and I, I think it's valid. Um, but I don't know. Even the Naughty Dog one this week was was one that I was confused as why people were mad at because it seems like they're doing the thing that people are asking the other people that made the JPEG images to do, which is take their time. And they're just letting us know that they're going to take a little bit more, more time to polish it. I hope. I hope they don't cancel it. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to... <laughs> To end on with I that, can, except I, that uh, that uh, there's a comment in here that I I looked at and I was like I totally agree with that we should be seeking out more indie games that are releasing all the time that are fantastic and that yeah. just go underneath the radar and as opposed to pre-ordering these AAA games that seem to more often than not release unfinished as opposed to the passion projects that are being worked on for years release completely good they they work and they're dirt cheap like. We should definitely support those those guys a little bit more. Hell yeah! And I'll also I'll I'll jump in here too. The other reason why people th- to push back against the entitlement argument as well. Again, it is a product, but also when people love to bring up the um, comparisons or analogies of of other things, it's funny because what I sit there I notice is that the comparisons that people make, I think about it. I'm like, you can almost always get your money back if there's something wrong in those alternatives that people love to throw out at that was part of the, the thread right so that's that's just something as well too where if more if more game if more game companies maybe did like hey oh this game is uh not in a really good state right now we're gonna do a parcel refund to people who bought it and we're also gonna lower the game's price until it's at the point where it needs to be and then bring up the full price it's possible. We know it's possible. We know it's very easy. Games do sales all the time. Ubisoft does one every other week on every digital storefront. It's very easy to adjust your prices. So I err on the side of of the consumer with this. Like I like yes, it's always been true that people are shitty to developers. That's and that needs to be called out when it happens. But I, I stand firm on my stance that more and more every time something like this happens the conversation gets hijacked by focusing on negative voices which do exist but we all kind of whether our hearts in the right place or not choose to focus on those and then the conversation shifts away from hey we're getting fucking <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah and that was that was part of that that person's thread was like just get the refund right like not that easy same, it's really not that easy especially sure. if you're on no console. but like but that's a that's like a, a, a systemic problem of the games industry right now. Like when you mentioned this, like the only one from this uh, image that a game was refundable was Cyberpunk because it launched in such a broken state on consoles that like it had to be refunded. And that's right. the only one out of these what like ten games. And I I will say uh, just for clarity, I don't I don't agree with putting delay messages on this little thing. So like the Halo Infinite one, and then like Rose saying the Naughty Dog one, not the same. Not they're not the same, and I don't think that one is equal to the other. But um, I totally, I'm totally behind the the mindset of somebody who puts this collage together. It's getting it's getting very tiring because we we all we've all been told as well that games are getting 
uh, you know, bigger and more expansive. That's why the price needs to go up. Okay, well then the game also needs to work, right? Sure. Yep. If you're saying that you need more money because the game is harder to make, then that, in my mind, the the, the equation there is, oh, in order to us, in order for us to keep making games at the quality that we that we currently make them, we need to make more money. But the problem is that we're paying more money, and the quality of the games that we're getting is lower than what we've had before. Call of Duty should be on here, man. They should apologize Call- to me. Well, Call of Duty doesn't apologize. That's how they never get on these. That's yeah, how they never get on collages. It's kind of a Chad strategy, if we're being honest. That's one thing Activision has done really well, especially compared to EA, where it's like EA will always apologize and throw themselves into the fire, whereas Activision will be just as greedy, if not more, but then they just don't acknowledge it. <laughs> I would love it if you can just return games easier because of like, like say Modern Warfare 2 dropped and, you know, servers weren't working for like let's say even longer than they were like i don't know two to three weeks i would love to just be like i want to get my money back or even a partial refund even and every game platform has a metric for tracking how how long you've played a game so i don't see why they can't do that like if you've played less than five hours or something like give the person the option for a full refund like but even (laughs) even that like i agree with you daniel but i mean like i think what's got to happen is that they've got to what really should happen is that there has to be legislation introduced, but the problem is, is that everyone that runs all of our countries are 50 years and above, and it doesn't translate well to 50. some of the... That's being generous. That, I know, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, but uh, I, I totally agree with you. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Nope, move on. I'm move moving on. on. Okay, okay. Well, you sure? Oh. Yeah, I'm sure. Go ahead. No, my, no, man's, sky, no man's Sky Syndrome, Kirik says. Course, interesting no yeah turned it around that doesn't happen though they like, did like turn it around yeah they did crazy. turn it around but that's because the people there actually have like and sean murray for all of his mistakes is an ethical person who decided no we're gonna fix this he could have walked away so right. even that where it's like that example isn't really an example for the other side of the argument we got lucky with that developer who decided to take it upon himself to put all the funding he was getting into fixing his game he could have easily moved on to the next thing and maybe it would have been great and people would have forgot but No Man's Sky is is incredible. He deserves all the accolades for that. All the updates are free too. All the updates are free. There's some really good updates too. Yeah. From the developers of Hello Games comes Yes Women's Ocean. Huh? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Oh, That's the remake okay. I've been waiting for. Oh. Let's move on. Uh, We got some updates here for you from the PlayStation showcase that happened last week. Just a couple of essentially big ticket items that, you know, through various Twitter updates and blog post stuff, got more details on stuff like this. I always kind of wish they'd include a little bit in the actual, you know, announcements. But nonetheless, here we go. Uh, Biggest one we have here is uh, Metal Gear. A lot of stuff here at the end of Delta uh, announcement. We got a look at Volume 1, the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection that includes MGS1, MGS2, Sons of Liberty, and MGS3 Snake Eater. Uh, included in that, also apparently, is Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake from uh, the NES. So you get five games in Volume 1, not three. It's very cool. Very nice. cool. Mm-hmm. Good for... Uh, and then... Sorry. Good for game preservation. Yes. They yeah, don't yeah. take it off the store later, but yeah, yeah. very good. Is this getting a physical <laughs> release? 
Nope, it is not. And there's also a lot of confusion as to which versions of these they are, despite uh, Konami saying it's the, the original games. Online listings are are putting them as the like remastered stuff. There's we oh still boy. there's still a lot of question marks uh, <laughs> happening with the volume one, but in time we'll see. This fall we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make it real, uh, Konami. And they will. <laughs> Then this next bit on Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, the remake, of course, of 3 Snake Eater. Uh, Kojima is, of course, not involved, but, you know, we had to ask. Um, Konami developers and Virtuous developers have joined forces. They are the, the quote-unquote, capital development team working on this remake. So take that however you will. I'm a little bit nervous about that. Uh, and then all the voices from the original game will be in the remake. So they're just using voices from actual three snake eater which is that's nice so david hater returning as big boss some say the original hater you get it oh i get it i don't <laughs> this what comes was, from what's up sorry well who was the 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 developer you said for who's some Con, some konami developers and for as well as virtu and virtuous okay yeah which they've done a lot of uh, i think pc ports Okay, gotcha. I was wondering if there was like if they had a history of anything else. But okay, cool. We don't know who from Konami's working on this. You know what's crazy is that if on that splash screen when when we saw the Snake Eater or uh, Metal Gear Solid Three splash screen, if it had just said some Konami developers, we would have had more information than what we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I okay. I wasn't here last week. I thought that trailer sucked. I I'm sorry. Like that was not a good trailer. I thought it was a great trailer for somebody who has no idea what any of this is. You know what they should have did? They should have kept it like the the beginning part of the video where you thought it was like a micro game, like grounded, and just kept that theme through the whole trailer. And then like two weeks later, release another trailer that says, "Oh yeah, remember that trailer? That was actually Metal Gear." And then tie it back, you know, like Phantom Pain. I was going that route, you know, when, when that game was announced. <laughs> <laughs> when when they were tricking you, you know. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, remember but I believe it. Thank, yeah, thank you. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember. No, Family Guy. <laughs> Let's move on for the sake of time. Uh, this comes from, I don't know where, but Daniel shared it, so I put it in here. So thanks, Dan. Uh, we got an update on Marathon. Uh, I'm gonna just say it off the top real quick. Like I watched that teaser again. Like, what a cool teaser. We'll talk about CG trailers a little bit, but like it's a cool teaser. Uh, of course, there's a Vidoc uh, up on their website, but this is uh, this is pretty much who the team, the the big boys are on the Marathon team. So let's go ahead and run you through that. The game slash art director is Chris Barrett, who worked on every Bungie game from Myth 2 onwards, was primarily an artist before taking on temporary duties as game director on Destiny 2. The general manager is Scott Taylor, who was the project lead on Destiny 2 Forsaken. The design lead of Marathon is Lars Bakken, Bakken the multiplayer designer on Halo 3, designer on ODST, co-op lead on Reach, and competitive multiplayer lead on Destiny 1. And then franchise... Actually, I don't know if that means competitive. It's just, this is comp. So yes. I, I just guessed. Yes. The franchise art lead is Joseph Cross, who was the uh, concept artist on Dead Space 2 and 3. Worked on the Dune and Ghost in the Shell movies. Oh. 
and then the lead concept artist on Destiny One. Uh, this is this is a this is a hot, pretty hot team. I gotta say, uh, especially I think this uh, uh, the design lead Lars ba- uh, Bakken, the multiplayer designer of Halo, of Halo Three, designer on ODST, co-op lead on Reach, and then competitive multiplayer lead on Destiny One. I think for what the game they're going for, which is you know the extraction shooter live service game, you know. They got details on it being a persistent world, which is huge, and you need that. Uh, I think this this team is probably going to do it justice and ha- have a pretty fun, unique spin on extraction shooters. Kind of excited. Of course, Lars, I shouted out last week. Love Lars, um, and he is actually the original brainchild for Firefight in Halo Three ODST, and then also on Halo Reach. So created firefight essentially or he was one of the integral guys on that but yeah he's been there a while and yeah christopher barrett as well has been there a long time both grizzled ancients at this point i want more i want more on this like i I, this is this is one of the games where i'm like man i would really love to just like watch a 20 minute like deep dive like just rewatch it for you did know you, you know what i mean did you watch i didn't watch the by doc okay no i did it's, not it's no. actually got, it's got some good details in there actually yeah let's all get really into marathon especially Roe, who only likes two shooters <laughs> <laughs> it's bungie and it has you know has like you said Is... a pretty good cast of teams so maybe mm-hmm. maybe i'll get into mm-hmm. it I just hope it's not three-player squads. It is three-player. Yeah, I know. That's confirmed. I forget it, man. You guys have your fun. That was in their their Q&A. It is three-person. Or I'll be on the other team. Hey, you know what? We'll just split up 2v2. Not 2v2, but, you know, two and two. (laughs) But we'll be in the same Discord together. (laughs) Just giggling. Just sabotaging the opposite team. We'll throw, let you guys win this time. You guys with the next time it'll be great. I make fun of a lot of like extraction shooters because not a lot of them seem to like truly get it right. I I told Gage I had dreamt about Tarkov the other night. I don't know, man. I still I still kind of root for them. Like I want them to be mo- like a, a cool thing, and I I, I, don't know, I feel like Marathon may about, have the what? Talking about, sorry, are you talking about Marathon? You want Marathon to be a cool thing? Or you want Tarkov to be a cool thing? No, no, I'm saying. Extraction shooters. I want them oh. to be a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marathon a, may have the juice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. Well, I mean, if we're being fair, like the the really the only thing holding back Tarkov is the barrier to entry, in which you have to go through the online transaction of buying a game from a Russian developer, and then you have to download their custom launcher and X Y Z, and also the game is not optimized <laughs> at all. So and it's a very steep learning curve. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yes. That's that's true. Yes. <laughs> you, you have to you, you can gotta, twist your ankle if you if you stand up too fast. That's very true. <laughs> Calculate the wind speed for every single bullet that that's that's different. Nah, yeah, dude. you're not wrong. For me, it was the map, having to have a separate screen for the map, figuring out where the fuck I am love I? that. No, you it's want, great. Once you learn it, it's great. But the at originally I was like, I'm so lost, dude. No, yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. There's a game, there's a great survival game. Um uh, called uh, the Long Dark, which is like that as well, which gives you no like in-game sort of HUD or anything, and you have to when you play the game for the first time, you just have to memorize the maps as you would in real life without a map. So yeah, no, but Extraction is such a great game gameplay loop, and even on the days when D- when uh, Dan and I are playing DMZ, and even though it's there's no real um, there's no real long-term sort of gameplay element to that, like the basic gameplay loop of an Extraction shooter is definitely 
like I said, however, how everyone seems to feel about uh, battle royales is how I feel about extractor shooters. I think it's a great gameplay yes. genre. I'm just waiting for that. I, I I agree with you. I'm waiting for that one big game, and hopefully Bungie can do it. And this art style, man, like that's the most important thing with this trailer. That art style is hot. Oh yes. Oh yes. Let's move on into our fantasy draft check-in. We've got two big ticket items for you this week. Of course, Roshan picked up Street Fighter VI. Currently on Open Critic, we're looking at a 92. <laughs> so that should be 24 big points for Roshan. Ooh. And let's confirm on Fantasy Critic, Critic Street Fighter VI, 92. Hasn't given you the points yet, but he will heck? be getting it. What the heck? Should be 24. Ridiculous. Nice. Of course, someone else who remain nameless picked up Diablo 4. And Open Critic currently has it at a 90, so that should be 20 points for them. Who is it? Who knows? We'll never know. It's me, Mario. (laughs) Wait, how how does the point system work again? Why does Dan get 33 points for 96 and I only get 24 for 92? Wait. Like, wouldn't he just get? Wouldn't I just get four? Thirty-three points? points? Yeah. Where? How do you get thirty? Where are you seeing thirty-three? Christian, you have thirty-three on. Oh, you Tears sorry, of the kingdom. Christian, yeah. But how is it thirty-three? Right. Hey, yo! <laughs> I got. Is, is there another multiplication after ninety-five? There must be. Yeah. It should. There oh. must be another tier after ninety-five. I thought it was two points for every additional point. Correct. That's what I thought. Oh, okay. So yeah. It okay. Be, I, the I, 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 I wasn't. So it should be thirty-two then, right? I still wasn't even factoring that, and I didn't realize that that was a. But oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, you're right, Dan. It should be uh, <laughs> an even number, not an odd number. Right. That's weird. It's fine. I just thought it was funny. Well, if you look at our our actual points at the top of the screen, we have like decimal points. I don't know how that works. Like that's true. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it rounded up then. Yeah. But that, but how does it get a decimal point? Because yeah. it's all even numbers. <laughs> That's what I'm not. I'm not following how they do that. Fantasy critic, let us know. It's a mystery. <laughs> oh, oh wait. <laughs> oh, and I'm trying to find answers for you on the scoring FAQ and website, but I can't. Anyway, it's what's okay. the it's of the kingdom? You, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you should have gotten all the points trying to go back uh let's see what else is coming up outcome releases next one uh is going to be final fantasy 16 later in june go let's go nothing in freaking july what the heck yet we never know we never know okay uh let's take a little break here what you got for me daniel uh, what do I got for you? I have Tears of the Kingdom still, uh, and I still don't feel very much further than I was last week. Um, honestly, I don't really have much to update on. Uh, still loving it, still exploring everything I can. I just, uh, oh god, uh, what's the city oh, called? Oh god, the city of water. Now I'm on the spot. Uh, Zonai. Those are the people that live there. I don't remember what the place is called, though. Yeah. Anyways. It's always Zora's domain, isn't it? Zora's. Okay, yes, yes. That's That's where I'm at right now. I just started exploring Zora's domain and 
walking around doing some stuff, you know. Very beautiful there. So actually I haven't been there yet. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I won't say much more then, but it's fun. I think I'm fifty hours in, man. I still have only done the one thing. <laughs> to which Gage, I heard you yesterday be like, Sounds like it's not efficient. Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, it's a big game, all right? Lots of exploration. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I got another bone to pick with Gage that, that made me laugh. <laughs> let's, let's, let's pick it. Let's pick it. So yes, yesterday, uh, last week he goes, you guys are talking about Resident Evil VR. And Daniel was like, oh, well, Christian played Resident Evil 4 on Quest VR. Mm-hmm. And Gage was like, all right, shut up. Christian probably only played like two hours and then never went <laughs> back. <laughs> I stand by that. And he was right, dude. He was yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I played like two or three hours. Like this fucking rips. Just never went back. <laughs> never, never touched never. it again. Yeah, it's cool yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> he knows me. Oh man, Ro. Yes. Uh, also, Tears of the Kingdom. Despite beating the the main story, still doing a lot of side quests and enjoying my time discovering new places. Still, like just like taking my horse galloping around like oh what's that over there and then spend hours exploring that one thing and uh yeah having a good time just like doing the shrines helping out the people of hyrule that sort of thing so still a very fun experience even after doing the thing i will not be rolling credits on this game until after i do all the shrines and side quests just like i did in breath of the wild nice it's gonna be a long time before i beat it i think same uh, I've also been playing Tears of the Kingdom. I took that with me to California. So I was able to to play. Took my doc with me. Chilling on my parents' TV or in, in the bedroom at night. And then uh, we like got together for a big family get-together. So I didn't get to play for a while. And last night, I was on Tinder and stuff. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm still, I'm, I'm still up texting. Why don't I play a little bit? And I started this quest that took me somewhere. And uh, it's cool. Finally, you know. <laughs> Ro mentioned two weeks ago that the Yuga clan are in the game. Uh, finally met met them, I guess is one way of saying it. So <laughs> I'm still following this quest and uh, pretty neato, I gotta say. Pretty neato. I also uh, got back uh, Monday and jumped into Destiny 2 Season of the Deep, trying to get myself caught up with my friends to their quest steps. Uh, and then yesterday, I uh, did the brand new dungeon uh, which I got to say, I know some people are liking it. I think Paul Tassie was, no, I'm sorry, Skillup was talking. To, I forget, I don't know his actual name. But Skillup was like, oh, it's great. Wow. Skillup's wrong, dude. This, this, this dungeon kind of sucks. I mean, it doesn't suck, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty tough. Um, design-wise, it's fantastic. Uh, I do love that dungeons still have, have like raid mechanics, although smaller scale with like a three-person fire team. Um, but there's a lot to get annoyed by in this that i think a lot of people that i've seen on twitter are kind of have been feeling pretty similar i think this is going to get tweaked in the next uh by by the end of june i think this will this will get tweaked a bit uh if dan or ro if you guys have the season pass and or if you're at all interested in season the deep let me know i now know the mechanics for this dungeon would be pretty cool to run through it so let a pimp know (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's go. I I don't know if I have the season pass. Actually, I have to check that out. I know I I I must have with the the. Oh the my thing. god! I got but so I annoyed at at Bungie yesterday what because like 
Because <laughs> they raised the price right of the season pass, but the way the silver tiers line up, you have to buy the more expensive silver in order to be able to have enough silver to buy the season pass. Hmm. Then once I bought it, I was like, cool, and I got access to everything, right? No, I still got to buy the dungeon key. I forgot about that. So it's two separate tra- like transactions. Like, why? Why this much money for like Can one you- thing? Can't you just buy the season pass from the PlayStation Store or no? No, that's in game. Because like, uh, like, for instance, I bought, of course, I'm the idiot that does this. I bought the more expensive version of the game that includes the season pass. That's smart. That's smart. No, the annual pass that. Yeah, that is way cheaper than buying stuff a la carte. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. I had I did the math. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to be playing the rest of the other seasons. So how much money would I save if I just bought the annual pass now uh, compared to just all the carding it? And yeah, it'd be like 30 bucks cheaper if I just bought the annual pass Ooh. now. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, you said I'm, I'm smarter, but I'm actually not because I'm not playing. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you don't have to worry about power caps, like the ceiling being higher. Like you just got to. Well, yeah. I don't know what level you are, but anyway, if you want to carry me. I mean, I'm, I'll join you in row. Boom. I don't I think I got the season, the season pass, actually. I think I have to buy it a la carte, as you were saying. I heard there's fishing, though. There so is. That's cool. No sparrow racing, but they, they have got fishing in Destiny. Did, did I get that right, as somebody who doesn't play Destiny? Is that... you did, yes, you did, you did get that right. <laughs> okay. There's also been no new Crucible maps for, like, years, which is something I'm going to bring up later in topic of the show. Yeah, PB, uh, the PB players have not been happy with Bungie. At least in that regard. Gage. What have I been playing? Yeah. Midnight Club LA. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> PC? Nope. On good old Xbox Series X with native backwards compatibility and FPS boost. Don't even have to even touch anything. It just plays at 60 frames clutch? per second. Isn't that, no, I was saying, I was sitting there and I was playing this game and I was sweating because, like, that's another thing why I love this game so much is, like, it's, I hate to be that guy. And it's not general statement, it's not for everything, but, like, it's kind of fun when games are hard. Like, that's the one thing I like about Rockstar games is that there's no difficulty slider. Like, the game is just balanced how it's balanced. So I'm I'm sitting there and I'm playing the game and I'm just, like, I'm my palms are sweating. I'm like, oh, this is actually, like, a I can't just slide all the things down and make it super easy. Like, this, I just having a good time with it but i was thinking about how i was getting so into it and trying to like min max and restarting this race over and over and over again i was thinking about it, i was like oh i'm playing this in 60 frames per second right now and i'm able to like fine tune my movements this is kind of cool and i didn't have to do anything other than just boot up the game so xbox your system architecture is great you just need to get games that's all sure i don't know how to respond to that last bit it threw me <laughs> off <laughs> Midnight Club LA is a goat. It's is one of the best it's arcade racers game, ever. Yeah. That's not with a Batmobile, I think. It's not. Definitely no Batmobile. Batmobile. There's no Batmobile in this. Definitely not. God damn. I don't know. I don't know about that. No, I do. I do. The car with that, <laughs> that big ass like boost in the back there's, of it. There's it's not that arcade racy. No, there's only real cars in this game. I'm telling you, dog. <laughs> telling you. I'm looking at a picture of it right here. Looks like it's in the game. Yep. There's that no is. way. <laughs> yes, what am I looking dude. up? What am I typing into the Google search bar right now? That's Look up midnight. Oh, Batman car. No, here we go. The Celine S7. No, that's not it. 
But yeah, it's it's a car with like two turbos on the back of it, and you can just like you go insanely fast with it. Is it the SLF 450X? Kind of looks like yes. that Batmobile. You got it's it. Midnight Club Two, and definitely not Midnight Club LA. Got it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's Midnight yes. Club Two. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Got him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. girls. If this guy hits you up on Tinder telling you that he's played Midnight Club LA, just know that he's a faker. <laughs> Look at him. Look at the guilty smile on his face. I'm such a little slut. You anyway, are. Uh, how about the show? Uh, let's talk about Sony Live Service Hell yeah. and how it's off to a stumbling start. I have to re-say the, st- the title. Sounds cool. Alliteration. Uh, first of all, before we even... Let's, let's situate ourselves into, into discussion here. Let's look at the investment graph. Uh, this was shared last week during uh, an investor panel, I think. Yeah, financial presentation with Jim Ryan and Herman Holst. And in it, they had this graph here. It was the PS5 investment by business bot, by business model. Uh, you're looking at fiscal years 2019, 2023 by the end of it, and 2025 by the end of it. And in it uh, is like this, this 100% chunk, right? Uh, and we have traditional, how much money they're putting into like the traditional Sony games, which is like, you know, their quote-unquote bread and butter uh, single player experiences and then a darker blue section with live service. Now, uh, it, it is important to note that there is um, growth in this chart. So there's more money coming in. Therefore, they're spending more money uh, increasingly at the end of these financial uh, fiscal years. But in 2019, they spent 88% of it in traditional, therefore 12% on live service. But by 2025, only 40% is going to be single player. And 60% of their business model will be going towards live service. Comparatively, this 40% is about the same as 2019's 88%, just in terms of like how much money they're expected to, to come in and then also spend. Uh, but it is important to note, biggest thing is that they're spending more on live service because they believe that to be the future. They want more people invested in their ecosystem. So they're just they're just spending more on live service game multiplayer games. They currently have 12 live service titles in production. Uh, listed among those is, of course, Naughty Dog and Gorilla uh, in their live service game catalog. That's your situation for Sony in the future by 2025, in the next two years. Uh, so we got a look at the introduction of live service at last week's PlayStation Showcase, to which I will say, was it really a proper introduction? I know you guys touched on it a little bit. On You guys were talking about CG trailers. I will say at the top, I don't think it was the kind of full doors open showing off the big guns of like what the future of PlayStation is going to look like. I think it they tried to position it as such, but when you have new uh, acquired studios, when you have newly found studios, and even when you have other proper big studios coming in um but still not necessarily showing gameplay or what these live service games will kind of look like and it's just kind of thematic obscure kind of cg trailers it's not really the kind of future proofing that i would look forward to um like i know when like a a, a big single player game's coming i have a f- i know what that's going to look like they show me gameplay with this didn't quite get that uh how do you guys feel just for the sake of conversation again I think the question is, is like with Sony positioning themselves into more live service stuff, 
it's going to be a question of whether or not they can keep their PlayStation quality that they hold in single player games in their live service games. And I think that's mm-hmm. a real concern because their stuff is very high quality and very well polished. And that stuff takes time. And in a live service type of environment, you have fans consistently pushing on the developer saying, we're ready for the next thing. Give us the next thing. Give us the next thing. So like, is that going to put more pressure on them to release things quicker and have less of that Sony polish? I don't know. But like, yeah, I think that's my major concern uh, about what they're saying here. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, from the last PlayStation showcase, I guess I, I, I'm in the same position as I was before I even watched it, which is I have no idea <laughs> what any of these games are yeah. going to be yet. Um, I'm excited to, like you're saying, when that, that door does finally open and we do see what these games are from Haven and, and Fire Sprite, but what they showed was just like, like you said, super generic stuff that we, that could be mistaken for something that we saw at the Game Awards last year, even though those things weren't there. They just look like stuff that we've, we've seen before. Um, them spending more money on live service than their traditional stuff is again, good that they're taking it seriously. Like the Netflix thing, like good, like put your effort into that. If that's what you think is the future, but it's at the same time, like there aren't, I keep saying this every time live service stuff is brought up, there aren't a lot of success stories in it besides destiny (laughs) and like Fortnite. And if you're going to make 12 live service games and hope they, I, I hope, their assumption is that they all stick and that they all are successful that's like that's a big ask to get your player base to be invested in all these things where it's when it's already so hard to get people to move away from their tarkovs and their destinies and stuff so it'll be interesting to see very excited (laughs) the biggest thing you just said Ro, is like you're right it's 12 games now, I'm not saying Sony's expecting us to be interested or even invested in all 12 of them, but I'm pretty sure they want some kind of uh, crossover between their single player base and their live service base to at least like be playing or spending time in one to two of these. But yeah, like there's only so much headspace with like, you're going to be eating at your own audience, uh, yes. but also like. The, the the outside audience, you're right, bro, that is already invested in their Call of Duties, their FIFAs, their Fortnites, and stuff like that. So it's it's a... Jim Ryan has positioned the company into kind of a precarious place where, like, they're betting big, sure, but they might also have a lot to lose if it doesn't pan out for them. You know who Jim reminds me of? Don Matrick. A <laughs> little bit, a yes. little bit, a little <laughs> yep. bit. Mm-hmm. He's that businessman. He wants the the next business decision that's gonna blow up. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he's looking. He, I mean, no, you're absolutely right. He's looking at the uh, what is essentially a giant portfolio of art, which is what Sony owns, and he's he's deciding things based on ones and zeros, which is like, well, that might work, but that also might not work because this it's not like this. This isn't like property investment. This is this is these are studios making games that are supposed to. Uh, make an impact on people and get them to play them, which you can't really, I don't know, schedule out in that sort of rigid and business-like way that Jim Ryan and Don Madrick like to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, this does. I don't know. I, I, I have, I mostly, I have things to say about Naughty Dog, so I'll just wait. We get okay, there. we're gonna get there pretty quickly. I, I wanted to run quickly run down the current quote-unquote lineup of live service games that we know about. 
uh, again, just to re- reiterate from last week, was Fair Games, uh, which is the the live service game from Haven. Uh, we still don't know much about this game. It, uh, I think Gage, one of you guys mentioned it on the pod last week, mentioned it, it kind of looked like Watch Dogs or um, Payday. I think mm, someone yeah. mentioned Payday or Watch Dogs. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, tonally, this looked okay for me. Uh, I would have liked to see what it looked like in action. Granted, Haven's kind of newer. I understand, but again, this goes back to the argument: like you're gonna try to position your full force uh, lineup of games. You kind of want to show the actual games and what they're actually gonna look like, not just tone pieces that do nothing. Concord w- was worse. This was the Firewalk Studios game that showed us less than than Fair Games did. It's just like it's space, and that's pretty much all we know. There's a little bit of retro aesthetic going on with the title, but that's that's the tease, and you can't really do that when we still don't really know what Firewalk is capable of making in this regard. Um, kind of kind of bummed. Uh, the the biggest one that I think we all agree with that had like an, a proper showing was was Marathon. But that's because we know what Bungie is capable of making, and additionally they they had the 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 Vidoc come out right after, so you did have more details there. Which. Um, was really Tell cool me. how it was unlocked by the ARG. The ARG, like, there was some kind of... I forget what it exactly it was. I think the video... Frick, there was some kind of tie-in where it had to hit a certain number, and then it unlocked the Vidoc. Uh, I can't remember See, off the top of my head. That's cool. Yeah. that's cool because you're gamifying, like, the experience about learning more. Like, you're already pulling in some kind of interactivity and engagement with the actual material of the game by simply doing that even though it's still not really anything, per se. But that, that, sh- that shit is cool to me. Yeah. Of course, earlier this year, we got uh, supposed leaks, rumors of the Horizon live service game that looked a little bit cartoony, almost a little bit Fortnite-esque character models, but we still don't really know what that's going to look like or if that was even real. Uh, but I want to just include that anyway, because it is kind of some kind of look at it, uh, supposedly. The biggest one was, of course, going to be The Last of Us multiplayer their kind of factions 2.0 that was going to be, I think, rumored to be an extraction shooter uh, on the shores of, you know, a post-apocalypse San Francisco was going to also include a single-player aspect to it, or at least, like, missions aspect to it. Uh, but this is this is going to be huge. Uh, it was going to be a huge title, or one of the biggest uh, from Naughty Dog. And then, of course, last week, last Friday, they put out an apology saying, essentially, the game needs more time to cook. And I'm going to apologize to Gage right here. Uh, I was I was one of the guys who was like, if they need more time, let them let them have more time. If it's not in a in a showable state, then whatever. You know, I they don't need to apologize for needing more time. If they're going to need to make a good game, take your time. It'll be good when it releases. And then very quickly after Jason Schreier came out with a bombshell of an article from Blue from Bloomberg. Uh, and I know some of us can't see Schreier's tweets. Most of us can't see Bloomberg articles, so we have a snippet here from uh, from the article. Paul Tassi quote tweeting it. I'm going to read this part to you. Uh, the brief announcement also let fans know that the TLU multiplayer game needs more time to cook before Naughty Dog can reveal it. Uh, Bloomberg reported that the multiplayer project seems to be hitting some snags, though. Quote, the team working on the game was scaled back after a recent evaluation that the people who asked not to be named because they weren't authorized to speak publicly. A small group remains on the project while the company reevaluates the direction. While the game has not been canceled, many of its developers have been moved to other projects. The conceivably the single player title that Naughty Dog mentions in their own post. 
from Friday. Additionally, according to Bloomberg's reporting, Destiny 2 developer Bungie did some consult consulting and evaluate evaluating of Naughty Dog's game. Bungie apparently raised concerns that Naughty Dog's multiplayer game wouldn't be able to keep players engaged. I'll stop there. Gage had stuff to say just off the bat. What are you thinking? First of all, I would like to reiterate that you guys. All right. I, 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 all right. I, I might have I might have not explained it well. But you guys totally missed the point. I was not ever saying, why the fuck is Naughty Dog delaying this game? It was, why are we getting an apology for a game we haven't seen yet? This smells bad. And lo and behold, it's something's wrong. Correct. So let's just get that out of the way, all right? <laughs> also, the only other time we got an apology for a game before it came out was Halo Infinite. And while it's looking good now, what happened? So when games, so yeah, forgive me if if the chef comes out and says, "Hey, just want to let you know, really sorry for what we're about to play." I would be a little bit, I'd be a little bit fucking nervous. I'm sorry, I would be a little bit nervous. I but, will say there's no evidence to say it's quote unquote bad. No, but clearly it's it's no no no. Okay, Bungie but, did not like what they were seeing, and they had concerns about longevity. Yes, true. But uh, actually, let's 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 talk this out as because I I mean I'm asking this as a genuine question, like. I can't think of when they say that this has been significantly scaled down, but not canceled. What does that mean to you guys in terms of video game? Does that mean that this game's coming out and now they're just having a small screw, a small crew of people retweak it? Like what is scaled down, but not canceled mean for a well. game that has yet to release? Well. That sounds what does like, that mean? That sounds like what happened to Overwatch to me, like where you like remove features and just put out a different type of experience. So is it, so then me. right, so then that's, that's what I'm curious about. Are we yeah. getting something that's just like a an instance like a match based like totally not persistent, totally not well, live service? Like like it's is, not the full vision. Is what what I hear that I feel like they removed some stuff to make it I don't know. I don't know what they did, but it, it makes me feel right. Good. Now, but, but since we're finally since we're talking about Naughty Dog, I just want to jump on to something that Dan said before, I think. I think it was Dan where it was making sure that um, Sony live service games live up to the quality of their single player experiences. Mm. I think the problem that they ran into, and this was something that I was always worried about. At first I was excited because I was like, oh, Naughty Dog took this on, so they must think that they can do it. They must have cracked the code. But what I'm now worried about is, are they realizing that they can't have eight players in a lobby and have that same fidelity that Naughty Dog is known for? Because you got to think of the optics and the sort of political sort of aspect of games. It's like you can't release, especially as Naughty Dog, which is um, Sony's flagship studio. You can't release a game and have it look worse than the game that you released previously. Even if we understand, like as gamers with under, with, with some level of knowledge of the back end things and how it's a give and take, like I'm wondering if they, they can't get a game that looks like The Last of Us Part Two with eight players and different enemies that are loaded in for certain players. Like, I wonder if that's the roadblock that they've run into with this game is that how do we make this look like a, like a Sony first party exclusive, but have it function? And I don't know. Like, there's certain things that I've been thinking about now since, since we've gotten all this debacle, how like you only ever see two players in the, in the concept art. Like, I'm wondering if this is like, if they've scaled it down, like this is a, you and a buddy in a very kind of somewhat large map and there's only other two other players like i don't know i don't know i don't know what's going on with this but it seems like 
when Dan said that, it kind of sparked something in my brain where I was like, I think that's maybe their issue that they're running into is that they can't get a 16-player, 8-player lobby running with all the AI and all that stuff and have it look like a Naughty Dog game or how, a, how we think a Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog game that, should look. That would imply, I think, a level of the game being in like an unplayable or broken state, which is not what the article kind of is getting at. It's like they had concerns over, over engagement. Uh, hold on, what is the, what is the quote here? Uh, keeping players engaged. So I right. think it's the gameplay loop, not the actual. For you sure. Get me? I, I get you. My concern is that it's like, if they've, if, I'm just saying, if the game launched and it was a persistent online extraction shooter, and you could only squat up in 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 uh, in uh, parties of two, and there's only maybe like th- one or two other teams on the map, I would see that as n- I I would play a couple of rounds and be like, this is not going to keep my interest. So I don't I don't know if the two are complete. Like I'm saying, I wonder if they maxed. If they are thinking to themselves, this needs to look like a Naughty Dog game, they may have designed this game. It may be fully playable. It may be done. But they may be limited by the graphics and the quality that they need to present. In which case, Bungie comes in and goes, yeah, this looks fucking gorgeous, but you've got four players on the map. And uh, it's not really that exciting. That's just what I'm... That's maybe what I'm thinking. Because I think Dan's right. Like That's the thing with the live service games, is that Sony knows this is why... And this I think this is why we're not seeing The Last of Us multiplayer project, is that if these games don't visually look like they're up to snuff with the rest of what Sony has to offer, people will immediately sniff it out and for better or for worse, justified or not, either avoid it or not stick with it or whatever. My Oh, Dan. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I was just going to say, I think you both are on to something like in terms of the gameplay loop and like them trying to find a, a good balance between fidelity and making something exciting with a, a bunch of other people. I think you both are onto something, but to kind of go back to the staffing point real quick, just to give a different mm. perspective on that, them lessening the staff on that to like a bare bones staff isn't necessarily meaning like they're stripping the game back because a lot of times game developers do that to save money in order to, you know, evaluate a project. So like if you want to go back to the drawing board, so to speak, for this game, so you have a small team reevaluating what they can do with the game, then when they figure that shit out, they bring a bunch of other people back that makes on sense. board. Yeah, programming so, and art after that, yeah. Exactly. Um so I think that's a possibility but also if they if they can't find the fun so to speak then maybe this game never comes out and they don't scale back up uh that's definitely a possibility as well um yeah My, I I am pretty set and I I'm probably wrong to be honest cuz Gage is the prophet um <laughs> on on this multiplayer game from Naughty Dog being I'll say adequate, you know, because that's a pretty it's probably just as good, if not a little bit better than factions that has come before. And, you know, the Uncharted games like it, I'm pretty sure it's playable. It's probably more comparative to like the division, if anything, where like, yeah, it works. The lobbies are running. But is it engaging to the level that like, you know, Bungie's level, but their bar of engagement daily, weekly is that is like the concern, right? Like, is there a gameplay loop in terms of like quests or or gear or like a changing environment, persistent environment? 
all that stuff that Bungie's kind of used to. Do they nail it all the time? No, I'm, I have numerous complaints with Destiny all the all the freaking time. Constantly. I think most people do. <laughs> Constantly, which is why I'm like, I'm a little bit worried of like, I don't know, like this almost rubbed me a little bit the wrong way because like Bungie should not be, in my opinion, personally, the be all end all stop of like whether or not a project of this caliber succeeds or not. However, I do, they do know pretty, they know a lot. You know, yeah. Sony is trusting them a lot. Like they have, have had several experiences with these, so, like, their opinion should should carry a huge weight, and um, that's one. Of I don't the, know. I I, I want to know more, and that's one of the biggest reasons why Sony brought Bungie on board and and bought them because they wanted their yeah. expertise with games like this. Because Bungie's games are are not exclusive to PlayStation, as we've seen and they've talked about, and that must have been baked into their deal. So Sony, know, knowing all of that, those facts already, they just wanted them just so that they could have their expertise in, in terms of live service. Uh, I'm sure profit profitability, Bungie's, is, Bungie's doing pretty well as well. Right. So that probably helps the matter as well. But yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, Naughty Dog. You need, to, you need to include a backpack that you can level up with different artifacts in there to, so I can get plus 20% uh, crafting. Uh, what I'm, I'm sorry. I love, I love, yeah, it's, it's like the meme with the two guys at the studio and the one guy's leaning over the other shoulder and he's like, so where's the light level? I don't, where's the, uh, where's the gear score? I don't understand. So the curveball, and actually this is piggybacking off what you said, the curveball I have is that The Last of Us Factions had a horrible player retention and yet it's a fantastic game this is my sure. one concern right sure. so something like tarkov tarkov is never going to be widely accessible to a to a massive audience but the people who do like that game like me like who i love survival games and that experience transfers over to tarkov like there's a certain there's a, there's something that needs to be said where again this is jim ryan probably looking at things from the number standpoint yeah. naughty dog is our biggest studio Last of Us is one of, if not our biggest IP that we own. Therefore, everyone should like this game. We need mm. to design this game in such a way that it's going to grab the biggest audience. In which, but that's sometimes not what the game needs. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't sure. know. I, I'm worried that like Naughty Dog maybe has this vision of this game where you're sort of slinking in through these, uh, into these levels. Like, let's say, let's go with the rumors, right? Because there's been tons of rumors that it is an extraction shooter. So let's say that that's what it is. It's some sort of Destiny MMO, but instead of PvP raids or whatever, it's you're going into doing these extraction sessions or whatever. Um, if Naughty Dog has this idea where you're going in and maybe like maybe ammo's super scarce, just like it is in single player, and like it's it's a lot about sort of sneaking around and thinking about where to go and like. Oh, there's there's eight clickers over there. I I literally can't do anything about that, so I need to just avoid the combat instead of engaging with it. I'm worried that maybe that's when Bungie came in and said like, oh, well, this isn't going to engage people. It's like, well, it might not engage everyone for a super long time, but to me, that sounds fucking awesome. That sounds like a game that I would sink so many hours into. I'd love to because I I like getting into that. I like kind of like quasi role playing and being like, okay, shit, what the fuck are we gonna do? Like, Rashan, throw a bottle over there, and then I'll I'll run around and see if I can. I don't know. So that that's that's the curveball that that kind of that what you said, Christian, reminded me is that like yeah, sure, maybe that Bungie's doing what they're told and they're giving Sony the feedback. Like because you're 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 right, Daniel. They bought Bungie because a they're a powerful studio. Then also b they have their own consulting firm, pretty much on live service games that they now own. So yeah, if if Bungie's being sent in there and Jim Ryan's saying, "Tell me exactly what I need to know," and they're like, "Oh well, this is the facts." Unfortunately, the people 
mm. who has the ultimate decision making, right, is somebody who doesn't really know the space. So that's my concern. I don't know if Bungie's idea of engaging necessarily translates to quality of the game because I love the first factions. If it was on PC, I'd probably be playing it now. It's a fun game. It's a fun deathmatch sort of game, but didn't have high retention. So you have made me realize my biggest worry in this, and that is there's a level of whether you want to call it sacrifice or compromise, you know, what have you, that these teams are going to have to make just by simply thinking of their IP as a service and not as a means to tell an artful story which is what one of the reasons why i stick to a lot of these first party sony games so often is because like i want to have a story that like moves me and engages me in certain regard and then i put that down and move on to like the next chapter like of something else right and when you distill that down to like no we just want this to just be gameplay uh you know gameplay loop uh looting whatever crafting systems whatever like that starts to lose me in terms of why I game or why I'm even attracted to these IP in the first place. Like just because it's the last of us doesn't mean it's going to be an automatic sell for me um, right. or just because it's Naughty Dog even. Right. But like because it is live service and because they, like Sony has this idea of what they want their future of their live service games to be like, yeah, there's going to be, have to be some sacrifices made in terms of like storytelling, I guess, in this regard. And like that bums me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. And I think like what Gage was saying with Sony having the final decision, not really knowing uh, the space is kind of lends to your point, Christian, where those worries come, where I think if it was up to Naughty Dog, we would get that thing that you're hoping for with the story and everything is super immersive. And of course, if the technology works in the perfect world, all that right. kind of stuff. But with Bungie coming in, and as you said, their appointment is very important that what Bungie, what, what makes Bungie games fun doesn't necessarily make what naughty dog games are fun they're like completely different things mm -hmm. so them giving them advice on their game is valuable but at the same time they should still follow through with their vision even though bungie's opinion on this space is is important uh, i yeah uh, it's, it's it's a weird weird one because mm -hmm. naughty dog is, is known for their single player awesome experiences not so much their multiplayer ones uncharted was fun factions was fun but yeah, it's, it's that's uh, not why people are playing those games exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Here's, but, a uh, yeah. Here's a wacky idea, guys. Left field. Oh, boy. Bungie's <laughs> making Marathon, which is an extraction shooter, and they're like, yeah, that game <laughs> looks bad. I thought about bad. this, too. <laughs> just like, sabotaging them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally oh, not happening, right? I'm just kidding. No, I don't think this is going to work, Jim. I think, yeah. we only need I think we should go with Marathon. <laughs> yeah. I think we cancel <laughs> this. Yeah. yeah. That's Incredible. Funny. Yeah. Bungie, I, what's I, the veil? Yeah. <laughs> I hope, I hope that, but I mean, like, again, my, my final stance to make things clear is that I want this project to, to succeed. Like, I, I, especially just recently doing my second playthrough of Last of Us Part Two, it's like, I, I can't help but think that how amazing it would be. Like, obviously, there's that first, the first Seattle level where it's that sort of semi-open world. Um, hmm. There's just certain, there's just so much potential. And it, this is the thing that, again, I'm worried about with like, oh, it's, uh, doesn't translate to engagement like but i think that there's a lot that naughty dog does that would translate really well to an extraction shooter especially if it was one that was that combat wasn't emphasized with where it's like what's the one thing that we can all think of right now that naughty dog does extremely well environmental storytelling right ish all that stuff so if you have an if you have that in a in a tarkov style game where you're going into a map and maybe it's like you go and you you gather enough resources and then 
you load out and when you come back in, you have a new piece of equipment. Maybe it's a rope and now you can throw yourself into the second story and you get up there and there's like notes around and there's this environmental storytelling of what happened before. Maybe there's a safe in there. And then from the resources that you get, if you manage to extract and get out of that, you can now buy more equipment that gets you access to these other different areas. And that Naughty Dog is so good at environmental storytelling and, and sort of making things seem like they're not linear that I think if they, if they launch this thing with only a couple of maps, you could get so much sort of playtime out of that. But again, only if you're willing to sort of engage with that style of game that Naughty Dog makes. Mm. So that which brings me back to what we're all saying is that I hope Bungie's not sort of saying, oh, this needs to, you know, have this and that and that, where it's like, well, that won't make, that won't be what makes this special. Like, what makes this game engaging with players over a long time might be the difference between this game being a 9 out of 10 and like, oh, it's now it's an 8 out of 10 or it's a 7 out of 10 because they just scrapped all that unique stuff in right. favor of getting a larger audience. You know what I was imagining? Us? Kissing? That's one of the things, sure. Uh, the other was like, I don't know. Imagine what do you what do you proximity chat? I was imagining like yes. San Francisco, like shopping center. You see an enemy team proximity chatting, whatever, and there's like clickers nearby, and you and your little partner like throw a bottle over there, and now like this enemy team that was like looting this area is now like getting in like a horde of like an infected like ran on them, and they end up dying, and you clean them up, and you take their loot, and you leave. Like I don't know, that could have been fun to me. Well, I mean, let's take it one step further because you saying this just made me think of this for the first time. Uh, AI clickers react to VoIP, right? Do we, do we do we discuss the resources we just got? Or oh wait, I think I heard a click. Stop talking. Could you imagine, mm -hmm. dude? I've so been for years. <laughs> oh, I'll be man. playing that all Neil. day. Dude. Like from here on out, we are silent. <laughs> Literally, silent. you could you could you could create scenarios where you replicate that, and you don't even <laughs> do it ironically or just to do a bit. You're like, oh shit, stop talking. Right, like that I happens. Sneeze. That happens to Tarkov all the time. Like when Tarkov, when somebody gets your buddy gets killed and he's blabbering, you're like, "Wait, stop! Talk, stop the comms! I think I hear footsteps." But now instead of footsteps, it's, "Oh, I hear clicking. We're about mm. to get our shit wrecked." Dude, there's so much potential here. There's so much potential. Even like environmental storytelling, like you're talking about, Gage. Like if you if you're like different groups on the map and they have longer sessions than like a traditional extraction shooter like you're in the map for a long period of time and you're making like meaningful things happen yes. on the map and other people on the map hear about these things happening or like see explosions or like i don't know i just think that would be really cool as well like have some really deep um story beats in terms of the what's happening in the world uh, and yeah. maybe that's why Bungie didn't like it also, because they're like, oh, that long of a session, no one's going to play for that long. But like a lot right. of people who play single player games play for, you know, decent, lo decently long sessions. That's a, that's a really good point, too. And yeah, like that. And, that, and like, I don't know, there's just such a there's a gameplay loop that I see that we're like even the entire sewer system um, or not sewer. I don't know if it's sewer, the drain storm drains or whatever, but. That entire section of the first game is like, well, what if that was just under the map and you could only get into that if you oh had played God. that map a bunch? And oh, you've worked up enough to go buy a, you know, some freeze spray so you can freeze the lock and open it up. And like, even if they're, even if, if, even if they separate it with a loading screen, because again, I understand like th there are technical balances you have to do, but it's like that's how Tarkov works. And that's why Tarkov retains, again, small player base, high retention because. You go in and you you play a match and like, oh, you found this key and you're like, cool, I can open up that door. But like you were saying, Dan, with other players in the map, it's like, well, maybe we get out and we're planning to go to that uh, 
that police station and, and, and raid the vaults. But now players have been shooting around that area. And now there's a bunch of clickers over there, even though that wasn't like, if we had this key yeah. last match, we could have made it in there. But now that now there's a curveball thrown away. Like I think Naughty Dog and extraction shooter, especially with the last of us, like that's such a great recipe. And I, I just hope that this game is able to, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm worried about the game just on its own. And I'm also worried about Bungie's influence on it. And then of course, Sony who has the ultimate well, say on what happens, you know, but what? there's so much potential there. There's one solution here. Uh-oh. Sony, Sony, Sony acquires podcast PXN and we consult for Naughty Dog. Hell yeah. We just get That's high. Like, yeah. Jim, I, Jim, honestly, I'm such a big fan and I really, I really <laughs> think that what you're doing at Sony is great. You just need four uh, millennials that don't know anything about the industry yeah. to actually help. Yeah. Imagine this. We need to scavenge gas masks so that we can go to Pier 39, get, you know, kill a bloater. I don't know. I'm just crazy. Imagine we have to same things. scavenge gas masks to go to Comic-Con and interact with all the dorks. Nice Jesus. one, dude. Fucking nerds. <laughs> Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your pods. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you, Gage. Thank you, Dan. This has been Christian. I, I'm Christian. This is, this, I'm doing it. Doing it. He's losing it. Yeah, I am always. He's phrase skipping. And this has been podcast <laughs> XN. We are out of here. Much love. Keep on gaming. Keep on rocking in the free world. Daddy.